0: Welcome back to the Muzzle Blast podcast, the official podcast of the National Muzzle Loading Rifle Association. This week, we're talking to John Reese. John is a writer and historian based in Pennsylvania, but his focus is on the American Revolutionary War and the soldiers and the people involved in it. He's not necessarily writing biographies about different troops or you know the major players in the war, but he's going in and... Writing about day-to-day life of the soldiers, of the militiamen, the women involved, the families involved, what life was like during the war. All of his articles, I'm looking at them now, and, and I've been reading them since we, talk, since we had this conversation, because it was, it was just so exciting. If you're into American history, the American Revolutionary War, you need to check out John's work, and you're really going to enjoy this episode. Hello, Ethan. Hi, John. Yeah, how you doing. I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm really excited to have you on it and talk about to talk about your book and some of your work because I'm I'm personally really interested in seeing you interact with people in the various Facebook groups. I think that we're both in. It's been really interesting over the past few months.
1: Well, it's been it's been fun and I, and I and I kind of have uh, I have my my feet in, in in two different worlds between the the writing aspect of what I do and and, and living history aspect. So. Uh, which 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 really feeds into the writing too. So, do you go um, out and and camp and in period dress oh, and things? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and actually, the uh, the recent years we've gotten into um, we've gotten into more pro- progressive aspects of the hobby within uh-huh. the past like ten or fifteen years, yeah. and uh, it's really doing, changed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's a lot more fun sometimes with with smaller groups than it is with it like for a larger event. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, like we've been, do- we've been doing, we actually did it twice. I thought, we were- I thought it was only we were going to do it once, but we did a, uh, um, a real time overnight March, uh, tracing the, the, the army's route from, uh, Trenton to, uh, Princeton Battlefield. Oh, wow. Um, so we started about 1230 in the morning and then, uh, and then follow the actual route. And then they do a, they, they do a, I, they do a, re- a real time tour every year, okay. um, and we actually the first year we it was just it was just a company of uh, we portrayed a company of Philadelphia Associators, um, which were basically the militia in Pennsylvania at the time because they didn't have didn't have militia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we portrayed Charles Wilson Peel's company, which was he, of course, he's he's a well-known artist and mm-hmm. he, he, he fought at Princeton. Oh, wow. And uh, so the, the first first year we, we just did it as the company with there was no nobody waiting for us when we got there um, except for the real time tour. And they had, they had a pretty large tour that time. Huh. And then, uh, this said, uh, the, we did it two years later. Somebody said, uh, Oh, we're going to do the March again. Said, really? <laughs> and I, and I actually, I, I was the one who, um, with some friends, we basically scouted out the, the route, walked it a few times, just to get to get, to get an idea, you know, the ins and outs for taking a large group down some of these, cause some of them were traveled highways. Okay. Um, in fact, a lot of us traveled highways and, uh, and then I, I basically led both times. I I, I basically led the uh, led the group. Uh, I was kind of the, the the point man just to make sure you know we stayed on the right route and and uh, got on the right, right side of the road at different times and things like that. Yeah. Um, so and then we like I said we did it again two years after that and we at that point uh, friends of mine had started up the 17th Regiment uh, British and that's the regiment that was there. So they actually. They actually met us when we got there. Oh, um, that's so And that so time cool. we had we had an artillery pieces with us too. So, uh, of course, the second time we also had about oh, I don't know six or six to eight inches, probably about eight inches of snow on the ground. Oh,
0: <laughs> it snowed, it snowed like crazy. Were you in period um, footwear? I have to ask.
1: Oh yeah. yeah oh man. Yeah, yeah. Period Fe- footwear. No, no, no long underwear. At least I didn't, and uh-huh. I know a lot of my friends didn't. Um, we tried to do it, you know, as, as close as possible. Actually, the second time, some of the people heater got they got pretty close to frostbite i can imagine and uh um because it was first time it was cold but it was like there was no snow it was cold enough but the second time it was in the teens and and we had the snow and it was it was pretty it was pretty nasty Um, are there any
0: um records of what the weather was like on the during the actual march
1: well, there wasn't any snow. What happened was uh, the, the two days, at least the two days previously, had been relatively warm. Uh-huh. Um, so when when troops were marching up to the Second Battle of Princeton, like when Peel's company was marching up, they were marching through mud. It was a mess. And okay. the only reason, actually the big reason Washington was able to, to do that night march around the British Army was uh, it had froze up during the night. So, uh, so all okay. the roads all the roads froze, all that mud froze that night. True. Um, and and actually, people, you know, some of the some of the people that we participated with, teams, you know, some of the guys are saying, uh, "Oh, you know, they had, it was it was it was uh, they had it easier back then because they were marching marching on a, you know on a dirt road. You know, we're marching on on uh, a lot of pavement, not not all, but a lot of pavement." Okay. And I'm and I'm saying, wait a minute, they they, <laughs> they, they had they had muddy roads that froze froze overnight. So you, so you had these frozen ruts in the roads. He didn't have an easy march, man. No, <laughs> it's, it was not an easy march. No, I can't and then, imagine. You know, yeah, you know, and they're following, you know, foreign uh, cannon and and horses and all that stuff. It's like, it, it must have been a freaking mess. Oh Uh-oh. yeah. So, yeah, so we, you know, we, we, we had, we had it easy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to beat a paved walkway. I mean, I, it's, it's not super comfortable the long way, but uh,
1: compared yeah, compared
0: to muddy ruts and muddy frozen ruts, that's. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, and the cool thing about it is we, cause we, both times we basically, our base was, was old, old barracks in Trenton, which is, is a 1758 barracks. I think it's the only one left in New Jersey. Oh, wow. Um, and uh it's a museum now so we we we, we stayed there both times oh that's so for cool the, the, the night before and then we left from there um you know about 12 31 o'clock in the morning and then uh and so we're in the middle of trenton which is you know it's a it's a city yeah but but the the, the further out we go it's it starts getting more in the countryside and, and by the time we do the last like like mile and a half two miles I say maybe even like three miles we're on uh we're starting to get into farm fields and going through woods and things. So you're, it's almost like, you know, in a, in a way gone back into the 18th century from the modern, from the, you know, from the modern period. Yeah. Um, and you know, for, for, for central Jersey, you know, a lot of people think it's all, all built up, but by the time, by the time you're outside Princeton, it's there's a lot of open ground, like around uh, Princeton battlefield. And it's, uh, and a lot of it's owned by, uh, I think it's, I think it's basically owned by, Princeton College, I think. Okay. But it's all it's it. But it's it, it's it's all really. It kind of took you. You know, you you kind of get more into the, into it as as the further you go along. Yeah. Um, wow. So so we it's we've been doing like large large marches, small marches. Uh, you know some. I mean, right now the the, the place to go is is Fort Ticonderoga. I mean, for the mm-hmm. and that's been for like the last ten years since the last since the new uh, new regime took over. Um. They got a new director, and they got new new blood in there, and uh, and that's like the place the place to go for living history events. I mean, and especially large ones. Okay. Um, large and small, but they because they they have both. But if, you, if you're going to do a large event, Port uh, of is is the place to be. Um, I actually did one event where we basically took our muskets in, set in the barracks, and and the whole event the whole weekend was basically devoted to uh, to building a redoubt. Oh, cool! Um, and they had they had oxen uh, hauling hauling wood for us, and and uh, you know it was all all done by hand except for the, the basic. They they had they had uh, uh, I guess backhoes basically do the the, the basically uh, foundation of the out, or at least the you know they they kind dump of the piles tr- of dirt. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then we basically formed it and put it put in uh, um, put up log walls on the inside and and uh, build fascines and and use those in the fortifications and. Um, so it's, they they just do cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds
0: amazing, especially in yeah. such a historic location to to be a part of what the what the you know the founders did there.
1: You know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the site, the site alone, just just the area alone, is beautiful. But the, but then then you, then you get when I did one event where um, which they've done I think they do it every every year I think they they basically follow follow Ethan's, Ethan Allen's march. Well, mm-hmm. Ben and Ethan Allen's march when they captured the fort. So we. When I did it, and I, that's the way they'd always do it. We started over in in, in uh, Vermont. I think that time we marched about six miles to the to the uh, to the river, um, uh, where well, I guess I guess the branch of Lake Champlain. And yeah. then we took a we took a bateau across at the at the original ferry site um, <laughs> where they crossed. So we took took bateau across, and then we and then we basically. Went through all this open area and woods to get over to the fort, and we, we basically got there around uh, it was it was it was nighttime, um, you know. About the same time they, they they took the fort. Wow! So that was you know they they just do some really really neat stuff.
0: Yeah, what um, what time of year is the uh, is Fort Ticonderoga active? I'd love to make it out there sometime.
1: Well, they they um they keep events going pretty much year round. Okay, uh, they. I think I don't know if they're open weekly for the visitors like after like November or December. Right. Um, I think they're really busy the really busy season is from probably May till oh, probably May till October. Okay. Um but again they, they still they still do events even you know, even during the you know, in December, January, February they're they're still doing events.
0: Huh.
1: It's just not the it's just not the full yeah, not the full you know, year. It gets yeah. it gets
0: tough in winter. <laughs> yeah,
1: it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this this coming July, uh, they'll be doing. They do it every other year. Um, they they do the uh, the capture or the, or the evacuation of Fort Ticonderoga, mm-hmm. and that's a relatively large event. Hmm. Um, and uh, and then that's every other year. And then the years they don't do that, they do. Uh, it's Montcalm and Wolf, which is which is the French Indian Indian War event they do, and that's it's smaller but it's still still a great great little event
0: okay uh, i made a couple mm-hmm. notes for both of those to try to get them on my calendar that'd
1: be yeah that'd be wonderful yeah. yeah it's i mean first of all it's a i mean it's a, it's a gorgeous area i mean it's, it's it's a you know lower adirondacks and mm-hmm. you know lake lake george lake champlain and you know if you go up to crown point which if you get out there you need to go up to crown point it's it's a ruined fort but it's it's it's, it's the, the ruins are probably More impressive than Some of the Some of the Intact forts you see Oh um, really it, Oh yeah they're massive It's it's, it's huge huh. I mean just It's uh, just the earth earthworks and stuff Yeah Um But from there You can look north And see, and see the high, Like the high peaks Of uh, the Adirondacks Which is Up along up, Just look up The sand plain in the, Into the west And
0: oh, but that's beautiful
1: um, And then you know If you have time You, you head up to the high peaks Because it's You know You're not that far From Montreal Um You know from right Across the river Uh so there's a lot of stuff in the area. It's pretty, pretty nice. Wow. But so, and then then they, then they have the collections too. I mean, I mean Fort Carrack Tach- has, has an amazing collection of artifacts too. Oh, so, wonderful. I mean it's it's just uh it's just a lot there.
0: I think the the closest real active fort um to me is is Fort Wayne, which I'm I'm not oh, cool. sure. I haven't been. I'm about an hour from there, and I I can't uh-huh. say that I've been there recently. But then um, just about an, an, another hour south of me is Fort Wyottonon, and they have. I, the, I, I've never heard of that. You've never heard of Fort Wyottonon? No, no. Oh, it's a, it's wonderful. In this area, we don't have necessarily the the rich, you know, Rev War French and Indian War oh, era yeah, history yeah. that you guys have, of course. But the forts, but you
1: have some. yeah.
0: <laughs> and thankfully, the forts and things that we have here in the locations are well kept by active you know historical societies or towns that have recognized the value in those places and have you know tried to keep everything going and and together there's several That's museums cool. um the We've got Prophetstown State Park, which is connected to the the Tippecanoe Battlefield. There, yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah. we and some some of those sites. I I'm just kind of picturing uh, Fort Ticonderoga and the events you're going to out east being much larger and much grander, just because of the the history you guys have there. So that that's really cool.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's. I mean i i live I live uh, pretty right, much right next to the Delaware River and uh, not too far from Washington's Crossing State Park. So I'm, i I'm I mean, for the period for the period I chose to concentrate on, it's it's a it's a it's a good central area because there's a lot you know a lot a lot that happened.
0: Definitely. So, have you? How did you get started, or how did you get interested in in history? Is it something that you've always been interested in as a kid, or was it because of your location
1: that you got interested in it? Um, I've uh, my my mom was a big reader. I I I started reading pretty pretty young, and I guess. I'm not sure exactly how I got specifically interested in history, but I, but it was just, just something I, I just kind of fell into because there was so much around here. And, and a lot of the good books that I found were, were history books. Um, so I read a lot and, and then I, then I started, uh, I was into world war two history as a as a young, like a young teenager yeah. into
0: high school. That's a real common one. <laughs> My, yeah. <myself> included. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then I then I got into I think I I can't I can't remember the, can't remember the exact like I, I loved all history but then then I started focusing on different different periods and then I got interested in uh, Napoleonic era, okay. um, And then I was interested in the Civil War, and in the early eighties, like by 1980, I, I I wanted to get live, involved in living history because um, I you know heard more and more about it, and I was interested in uh, doing Civil War. Um, and, you know, contacted a few units by mail, but I never met any, anybody. And then there was a local event out here and there was a Revor unit. And, uh, we, you know, we were walking away from that and we, we just bought a house. My wife's there. Um, so, you know, so you're going to join. I said, well, you know, we just bought a house. I can't afford a musket. I can't afford clothing. So, well, <laughs> you know, you should, you should, you should join. And I, I think she's regretted it sometimes. If I since. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then the writing came along because, uh, I would ask questions and, you know, some of the guys, some of the people you know, gave me books to look at and, but a lot of times I'd ask questions and they would say, uh, well, you know, I, this is what I heard or, or this, this is, this is, you know, this this is my answer, but I, you know, I'm not sure where it comes from. And then I asked about the, the, the history of the unit we were doing and nobody could really tell me. So that's was the first piece I did. I, I basically did a history of the, of the unit. Wow. And that was, that was never published. Okay. Um, And then, uh, when I did that, I just, I just started running into like other bits of information and I just started scrolling these things away, even though it didn't involve what I was working on then. Mm -hmm. So I, and eventually after doing more research, um, you know, I, I would have enough to, I'd say, well, you know, I, I think I have something here I can, I can do something with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I just, I, I was really lucky that I, I live uh, within 15 minutes of uh, a place called the David Library, the American Revolution. Oh, Okay. Um, and it's a it's a free research library. It, it actually just moved from up here down into the city, but it was, it's a free research library. They have both manuscripts and microfilm, and then just a, a whole library full of books. And uh, all you had to do was basically go in and you know, if it was your first time, just just sign up. Uh, you know. Put, put personal information on down on a, on a, on a card. And then, um, every time he came in, just sign your name to a sheet and you're in. Wow. And, um, so that, that was, that was like a godsend. And then I've, I've done, I've done long distance research just by the mail. I've done, just by mail, I've gone to other, other research institutions, uh, to do research too. But, um, that was, you know, that was just uh, invaluable. I mean I couldn't have done half of what I've done or probably even not even that. Right. Uh, Well,
0: that's it's wonderful. I've been doing some personal family kind of history investigation, I suppose, um, of some of what my grandfather did during World War Two. And it's so nice that. There are all these resource hubs, you know, be it a library or a historical society or association of some kind and there. Every time I talk to somebody, they're just so open and welcoming on. Oh, yeah, we don't we might not have this, but you should talk to these people and they can send it to us and we'll get make sure you get it. And it's it's wonderful to hear that that is both kind of semi-modern, you know, World War Two era. But that goes farther back into Rev War and, and French and Indian War.
1: Oh yeah, and and it's I mean, had, well, between you know research and, and living history, I mean, half the fun of it is the people you meet. Um, oh, definitely. Because, you know, in both in both fields, I you know, we we, we we trade we trade information. If you if you find you find something that that you know somebody else would be interested in that that really doesn't help you, but it's that you you know you you, you send it to them. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's it's just it's just a it's just a great you know great um, group of people
0: out there. It's it's so easy to come across that information that it it, it, it and it's so easy to share it now too. It, it's just kind of it becomes second nature, I think.
1: Well, that's the you know the, I mean you know Facebook yeah you know it's Facebook is Facebook but yeah. uh, one of the big reasons I stay on there is because I mean we I mean, we share a lot of information and and I, I mean I've I've come across a lot of stuff that there's no way I could have I could have come across otherwise.
0: Yeah, and um, it, I think for me like the progressive revolutionary war reenactors facebook group it like you say it's facebook and i think we all spend we feel like too much time on there but it's a (laughs) wonderful gateway down so many different rabbit holes
1: yeah oh yeah 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 that's i mean and that's why today i I posted that that passage on there Mm. um i mean i i tried to follow up on it a while ago when i after when i did that article but you never was able to find the source and uh you know, I figured. But uh, I, I there's a few people I know out there that that you know may have run into that, and I figured I I put it on there. Yeah. Um. And and part of it was that uh, my friend Adam Hodges LeClaire, he just he just made a a, a, a British uh, Seaman's hammock, um, and he came across that. Somebody sent that passage from my article, and he said, is "This is this for your article?" And then <laughs> that's that's why I'm trying to find the source for him now. Okay. <laughs> because it's it's a you know it's a, it's a so somebody in the 42nd then officer actually using the Hamigon campaign in 1760. Oh wow. So yeah, so it's it's just it's just, you know, with little weird stuff like that that uh and and that, and that's that stuff is I mean, that's the lifeblood of living history stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think um people that attend oftentimes think that it comes down to, you know, the battles and, you know, the settlers where you can go and buy things, but yeah, everybody there is going and looking at and and diving into history and you know investigating investigating those little things like personally i mean i've been involved with it but my whole life and i never would have thought to try to recreate a hammock like that's just so oh, neat. Yeah. it's so yeah niche but it's so fantastic that people are going out and figuring
1: out how to do that well and, and you know again i mean adam adam worked up adam worked up at fort Ticonderoga for a while i mean for ticonderoga it's like it's like a boot camp for for living history people, because they they usually come out of, out of there with a skill. There's there's a guy, Trenton barrage right now who's making shoes, and he, and he learned how to make shoes before tie. Ah, cool. But, uh, but Adam, Adam, uh, he was he was on. Did you did you follow the Hermione at all? The the French frigate that that came over. It was no, it was Lafayette's. I, don't, I don't. think I have. It was oh, about three years ago, maybe four years ago. The, they they recreated the the frigate that that Lafayette brought over in his during for his, I think it was 1780. When he brought over a bunch of supplies and things. Oh wow! Um, he had gone back to France and they it was a fully French crew. Um well, I think all volunteers, but Adam was on there. He was, he might have been the only American. But luckily, he speaks French. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. he uh, he he had made he had he had made a a, a, Siemens, a Siemens clothing, so he could portray Siemens. <laughs> he, he did a I think he did a French, I think a French Marine. I think he I think he made most of the clothing himself. Probably probably all of it himself. Um. So he he did about three or three, at least three different impressions, maybe four. I think he did Lafayette too. Oh wow! Um, and he and he did this entire voyage in 18th century shoes, in in some kind of period clothing. You know, when when they were working the sails and the, and going up in the rigging, he was he was in you know he was in period dress, wearing period shoes. Um, Sean Sean Picar, who is in business for himself now, but he he uh, he learned shoe uh, shoe making up at Tye and leather working, and uh, Adam was wearing a pair of Sean's shoes and. <laughs> so when adam came to philadelphia he said he said well this is you know i need some work on my shoes and sean was so happy because he he's he could see what like working on a ship and working in the rigging right what did, a... did to shoes yeah and it was a pair he made um so it, it's you know it's it's that, that kind of stuff and uh yeah you know there's like i said there's 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 a lot of you know, you were saying that, that the um, your association promotes a lot of you know a lot of uh, hands-on stuff and craft crafts and yeah, and that's that's the, I mean I I, I write, but it, but uh, so many people I know do all kinds of great you know 18th century stuff from you know leatherwork to, tinsmithing to uh, you know making clothes you know I mean a, a ton of a ton of guys you know that that make clothes. Yeah, you know, it's it's the weirdest topic, weirdest hobby in the world. Whether whether it's yeah. world war, or Civil war, you know, you know, they have these guys, you know, uh, oohing and aahing over over uh, wool Stitching. and linen. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stitches, yeah, It kind of breaks
0: up that stereotype. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's just fun.
0: It's just really fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's, I'm. It's a real bummer that we're we're all kind of hunkered down for for the coronavirus or COVID-19 right now. Cause yeah. the, all these interviews that I've been doing and I, I was out at the um, horn fair with the honorable company of Horners earlier this oh, cool. month. And that just got me energized and ready to go. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I've got, I've got some stuff I made over the winter. I want to get out and I want to, you know, I want to get out in the woods, which I, <laughs> I can still do, but uh, with less friends now, I suppose. Yeah. That's the <laughs>
1: thing. yeah it's just, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's still, it's still fun to do. And like last year I did a, uh, <laughs> I, I took a day off and, and I, and I did a, uh, a, a march. I, I marched the route of the battle of Monmouth. Oh, wow. Um, I, I had done it. I had planned and, and, uh, um, did an event with some friends and there were, there were about 30, maybe close to 40 of us men and men and some women. And we, we portrayed a Connecticut company and we, we, uh, it was, it was June near to the date. And we, we did a, we, we basically did that. Did that uh, march? We we started in Englishtown, New Jersey, camped overnight at a at an historic tavern there, hmm. and then basically marched the the entire uh, battle route that this company would have followed. Wow! And then then we then we camped overnight on the battlefield um, on the the main the main American artillery position, which nobody really gets to do. Which was which was kind of but it, it's again it's in it's in North Jersey. Freehold is a pretty built up area. Right? There's a route nine is right there. It's a pretty major north, south, south highway. But when we were up there, you, you would have, we felt like we we're in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that's, I mean, that's another awesome place to visit if you ever get a chance to Mom battlefield. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I just, uh, I just hadn't been able to do many events and I, I just thought, you know, the hell with that. I just want to do this. So I just did it myself. Yeah. And, uh, and took photographs and kind of, I'd finally gotten the and I a. uh, a smartphone so i i actually did a <laughs> i posted on instagram um and then uh, you know took photographs at different points and you know talked told a little about what what happened at that point and uh so it was kind of a fun thing to do what's
0: your what's your instagram handle i'd love to check out those photos
1: uh i'd have to i'm not really sure um i have to I'll have, to, I'll have to send it to you okay yeah yeah if you yeah, could I'd, send
0: you, yeah. I'd love to see those and yeah just to check them out because I, I don't get out east very much and I, i'm just kind of living vicariously through photographs right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> what i can do is I, I think i think it might be easier because I, I think i might have only posted a couple on there and i think when i came back i posted uh, a bunch i think i posted them all on facebook or maybe maybe i did them on facebook maybe i did on facebook too i was new to instagram okay um but i i think i put together all my comments and i think a lot of the photos and i think in a file okay And but i'll send you my instagram instagram handle too and now I'll, I'll i'll dig that out and send it to you wonderful thank you so much um, and i'm trying to think if i have anything else that yeah i'm trying to i think trying to think else if, if anything else on the, on the battlefield to, to send you I'll think about that I actually i actually just did a post on um well actually for the book i i I started a blog uh, too, oh, really? um, and it's it's basically a follow up to the book because there's some information in there that I wanted to update, and then there was information that didn't get into the book because I either couldn't find enough information at the time, or so I actually just did a did a, uh, a, a blog post on um, a black soldier at Battle Mammoth. Okay. Somebody somebody just gave him, gave me his pension file. Oh wow! And he was he was actually wounded in the neck, left for dead. And then picked up later that day and returned to service. And according to one of his officers, uh, who basically was supporting his pension deposition in the 19th century, one of his officers uh, said that uh, he complained of a, of, a, of a sore neck, ever or a, a stiff neck after that. Like, <laughs> I yeah, imagine. I, I guess he would. <laughs> um, but then I tied it into the service of a of a of an all-black company. Okay. So it was a, it was an entire company of white white non commissioned officers and officers, but all-black privates. Wow. They actually fought at the battle too, so I I kind of kind of tied those together, those two together, and, and they they basically fought. He was wounded at the same place that they that they saw their their heavy action um, during one of the one of the holding actions, uh, or in the day or in the midday. Um, so it's it's a it's an awesome site, and if you ever get out this way, um, give me a call and we'll we'll do a we'll do a tour of it because it's 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 a lot better if you can actually you can go with somebody that knows the terrain and knows what happened where. And, um, because there's some signage, but there's, there's a lot of signage that, I mean, a lot of things that that it's kind of hard to understand. Okay. Yeah. That'd be wonderful.
0: I'll, I'll definitely let you know if I make it out that way. (laughs) Let's, let's talk about your book. Some I've, I've seen you promoting it some online and I've seen some reviews coming out of it.
1: I mean, I've, I've been doing articles for a long time. I mean, that's all I've written basically. Okay. Um, And I've really never had anything. Anything that you know, I've never had a book that that people would actually buy. So, (laughs) and it kind of kind of came out, uh, uh, came about because a friend of mine back in the early two thousands had invited me to LinkedIn, and I at that point I thought, I don't know why I'm joining this, but sure, why not? (laughs) And then about about two and a half years ago, uh, an editor from Hellion Company uh, in UK. Um he just contacted me via LinkedIn because I had posted an article one of the articles I did on Black Soldiers and he said uh, he asked me, he said, would you would you be interested in doing a book on on this subject or any other that you'd be that you'd want to? And I thought about it pretty quickly and and I and I decided I, I decided I really wanted to do one on black soldiers. Um but it I I just never really was interested enough to push myself into doing a book or, 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 but, it, but when they asked me and I, and at that point I really didn't, didn't even know if I could do a book. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's quite the um, endeavor. Well, because you, I mean, you know, I've done some really large articles, but you, I mean, you have to, you have to, it has to, it has to be a whole. It has to stick together from first to last. And, you know, the end of the book has to support the beginning. The beginning mm-hmm. has to support the end and, and the middle has to be there too. Um, so, I mean, I actually blew through one deadline and uh, contacted him and said, I'm not going to make this deadline. They said, oh, that's all right. We have other stuff in the pipeline. (laughs) So I I thought, oh, now, now I'm, you know, they said, well, yeah, by the end of November 2019. um, So, you know, that, that era, it was 20, it was 2019, 2018, 2018. That's right. And that, that came around and uh, I I was kinda on course, but and he said, Well, you know, you, you can have till the end of December. And then fine then next he said, Well, you can have to the end of March. <laughs> 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 we, we, we don't do the end of March. Um and it was nice to have the extra time because it, it, it did make a big difference. Oh, I um, can imagine. Yeah. But uh, but I was able to get it in on you know for the further For their second revised deadline.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the book is called They Were Good Soldiers, African-Americans Serving in the Continental Army. And I I think that's not something that people think about a lot. Was was the African-Americans involved in the Revolutionary War? I feel like we kind of see African-American history as kind of starting, you know, just before the Civil War. You know, and and we don't hear a lot of those who served in the Revolutionary War.
1: Well, the because the, uh, I, I st- if after the book was published, I started thinking about you know about you know looking at looking at the information in the book in a different way, which is which is one of the reasons I started started the blog because I I wanted to put some new insights in there. But another thing is I'm thinking you know you know when did I first learn and I I knew about Crispus Attucks you know his and his his death in the, in the Boston massacre er, yeah Boston massacre. In 1770, um, but it probably wasn't until like the late 1970s when I saw the the post office put out a, a series of stamps on uh, revolutionary uh, uh, participants, mm-hmm. and one of them was Peter Salem. Um, so it's it's like oh I, there were there were blacks that actually fought you know in the army during the war, and uh, you know that was probably about 1978 or nine, I was I wasn't writing then. I, you know, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't living history yet. Um, but then as I, again, as you know, as I started doing research on the period when I, when I did start, start writing, you know, I'd come across information on black soldiers. And I, and again, I, you know, I'd, I'd set it aside and think, ah, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll use it someday. And eventually, you know, I came up with enough that, um, I was able to do a couple articles, you know, in the, in the two thousands, um, but the the thing is, uh, I mean, black soldiers fought fought from first to last. I mean, they were they were there. There was there was at least one black soldier on Lexington Green, hmm. um, and they were there at the very end when when the final soldiers soldiers were furloughed, you know, from the Continental Army. Yeah. And then I mean, and I I just focused on the Continental Army, but you know, I mean, I mean, they were in the militia too. I mean, there were oh, some yeah. there were some states that uh, colonies and states that that barred them from serving, but but by and large, most of them allowed, you know, they, they, they didn't make any, uh, determination, you know, over a or about who served. You and needed whoever
0: you could get basically,
1: you know, oh yeah, going up yeah. against the British empire. That's yeah. And, and also on like on, on that first day at, at, at on April 19th, uh, 75, um, you had both free and enslaved blacks fighting hmm. in, in, uh, so, you know, they, like, again, you know, it's interesting because, um, I mean, the, the 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 army was integrated. the the militia, the militia was integrated. The army was integrated. Uh, I mean, there there was one black regiment on the American side with with fought, but that was that was eventually it was it was only in in service for two and a half years. Okay. Um, there was one black regiment on uh, the British side, and that was the seventy five seventy six with Lord Dun, Dunmore's Ethiopian Regiment, and that that was the end of that one. Hmm. And then there was one black regiment in the French army. I think it came over in 79 fought at Savannah and that was, it was formed in Haiti, um, which I, which would have been French, which had been uh, French Dominic, I guess, Dominique I guess it would have been. Yeah. But, uh, right. Dominique. Um, but by, but, 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 the, you know, those, that, that one black regiment that fought for the, or that served with the American army, um, that was, that was, you know, that was kind of like a standalone. I mean, it, it was by, by and large, the army was, it was integrated. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting too because the, uh, I mean, as opposed to the 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 colored regiments during the Civil War, um, they were given less pay than than the than the white the white troops, the white state troops, and the white federal troops. Right. Whereas in the in the Revolutionary War, um, black soldiers were given the same pay, the same <laughs> food, the same clothing, um, and from my I mean, pretty much from what I can see, they were treated pretty much the same as the white soldiers. Hmm. Um I think the only the only difference that I really see is is the fact that you know the fact of slavery that even 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 free blacks had that shadow of slavery hanging over them. Yeah. Um and then, and then of course I mean there were especially in Massachusetts but other in other states too uh by and large a, a, a lot of blacks especially in New England were were given their freedom for their service. So if they if they served as a, in the in a continental unit um they were often f- promised a freedom in return for the service, After, and huh. and by and large they were given it. Wow! Um, so it's just it's just a, it's just a, it, it's just a really interesting look at the continental army yeah
0: that, that's um, what I, I love about history and, and like we talked about with living history and, and making the the hammock is there's always something out there to go you know to learn and go figure
1: out or investigate there's there's always something <laughs> oh yeah i mean and there's always something that, that you you that you you don't know about or, or you just don't know yeah um you know whether it's a skill or, or or a piece of information or well if it's a piece of information you know you don't know really know the story behind it and you meet somebody that can they can tell you like like the deeper facts about about like an incident or an artifact or whatever and and you know you can always go deeper which yeah. is which is really cool um and that's not that's even that's even if you just stick with time one time period so but if you if you like if you like i, I focus in the rev War, but i i love all history so if you mm-hmm. if you open yourself up to you know, all time periods, you're never going to be bored. Yeah. There's a big can of worms there to open up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, so it's fun. It's, 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 it's fun. And it's, and it's fun to share. Um, I mean, I still, still tell people when I give presentations, I I still, I give them the link to my, my online articles and say, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm selling, I, you know, I have have a book to sell, but I still give a a lot of stuff away for free. And, and, uh, it's just, it's just fun to do because people can take the information and then, and then run with it. Yeah. You know, and then they, they go and apply
0: it to a, the, their specific interest. And then,
1: yeah,
0: you know, yeah. even though you're on different roads, you're
1: both going a million miles an hour <laughs> trying to yeah. find something new. <laughs> 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 and then, and then yours, you're, you're uh, it's, it's also cool because there's a lot of, there's a lot of great young people come up in the hobby too. Yes. Um, and, and they're seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time too, uh, yeah. I mean, I, there were some, there were some guys that, that experimented with, uh, are you familiar with the earthen kitchens? Yes. Um, guys experimented, experimented with like, like, with digging a, like a pit or two, um, of those, like, a, uh, at different events. And, um, I kind of got their information and just kind of ran with that. And then, uh, I think the first kitchen I dug at an event was like 1995 or 1997. I can't remember. It was the mid nineties. Hmm. Uh, a friend of mine was running an event in New Jersey, uh, and he said, "Well, would you want to dig a kitchen?" <laughs> and, it, and at that point, most people hadn't seen these. Right. Um, and I, I, I had to work on Saturday, so I took I took Friday off. dug dug about a quarter of a kitchen. So I think it was. I think it was about four, four, four uh, fireplaces, uh, with with the ditch and and then the mound in the center. Yeah. Um, and then I had to had to go home that night. And I came when I came back after work on a Saturday. Uh, there were people cooking cooking in in the in those fireplaces, oh, and wow. it, was, uh, it was it was awesome. It was just it was really awesome. And, and some of the people I knew, some of them weren't. Um, but but they're all. But they're all, like, visitors come over and, and and ask about it, and it was it was just really cool. And now, since then, um, they've 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 been digging them at a lot of different events. We, you know where the where they're able to where, the, where yeah. you know, they're not going to compromise an archaeological site but the, but they've been been dug at, at, at tons of events now hmm. um, and uh, I mean I photographed them all kinds of events people using them yeah um, and uh, it's just it's just a fun thing to you know a fun thing to to, to see um, kind of like the I, I started doing work on uh, on brush huts and and bowers and things and oh really did my first did my first uh, you know, flat top bower in like about 1994 or five in an event, um, and then still started building brush shots at, at different events. You know, I'd i call the stage beforehand and ask if I could, you know, cut brush and and uh, um, and so you see you see those more more at events now too. Yeah,
0: that kind of that kind of circles back a little bit to what you talked about. You know, with the you're involved a lot with the progressive side of living history,
1: mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: We've seen that a lot because we, we had a large surge. And I imagine everything that you're involved with did as well at the, um, you know, the bicentennial. Oh, sure. It was yeah. a huge revitalization yeah. of all of this and and brought a ton of new people in. But um, like out here at that time, it was just in a way, it was very kind of um, whatever you could do was accepted. You know, out here, there were a lot of teepees and more Western you know, things, uh-huh. Western living history items use. But now we're starting to see these progressive living historians coming in, you know, over the past, you know, I guess 20 or 30 years now uh, that are yeah. really going back to the research and saying, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily do that. That was this area, you know, farther west at this time period. What they actually did here was this. And yeah, what have you seen in regards to kind of the change in the community over your lifetime in it?
1: Well, I, I started in nineteen eighty four with Living History, so I, you know, i i i missed the, even missed the end of the bicentennial. Um, okay. So, I mean, I, I know a lot, of, a lot of guys that were in it. I mean, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of information, especially the Brigade, Brigade, brigade of the American Revolution. Um, you know, they've been putting out the Brigade Dispatch since the sixties. I mean, they've, they've, the lot of, a lot of people in the Brigade. You know, did some great stuff with, with all kinds of crafts and. Um, you know there's there's some really really amazing people that that uh, that basically passed down information. Mm-hmm. um so i I was able to to take some of that information. And the bicentennial, when I would talk to people and they would say, You know, you know that's gonna be the end of the hobby. Nobody's gonna be going to do this. And i, I so I, when I joined it was it was actually a resurgence. It's only like a year after the I think the last events maybe okay. maybe not even a year. but but um I mean, people started doing more research. you know, they would, they would add on to research was during during the uh, you know the '60s and the '70s, um, you know start start honing you know honing uh, how to make uh, uniforms better. Um, it's just it's it's been I mean the difference between the bicentennial and now is just unbelievable. I mean uh, <laughs> just 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 the just the, de- the detail in 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 clothing. Yeah. But if you know if people want to want to get to that detail, um, both both military and civilian, they're going there. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh you know, all kinds of great stuff. Um, it's it's uh, and again, like I said, there's 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 a there's a lot of great young people that that I've I've been and um, you know that I know that that they have gotten into the hobby. Um, That's correct. So it's yeah, it, it it just really took off. It really did. I mean, can you get the numbers? You had during the bicentennial uh, from from what I hear now yeah no, not not i mean you can get relatively large events um but if we like if we want to do a company-sized event like for with a, with progressives and usually those events are are f- like there's people from all different units and we'll we'll get together and just do uh, a certain company Okay. so you have all these people who, we, like we've had events where people have come from new england the midwest uh north south carolina you know and then the middle states and and we, we get together and do a unit Oh, huh, that's cool. Um, so, and it's and it's a great way to meet, you know, people from different units, different areas. Um, you know, you're all the same mindset. Yeah. And uh, you're taking advantage of all the information that's this this coming out. You know, since the bicentennial, um, and that was even before before you know before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the advent with of the internet now, you know, just sharing information and information that's available is is amazing. Yeah, you can. Um, do so much now that you, I think in the
0: seventies and eighties, you just couldn't, couldn't imagine.
1: Oh yeah. 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 And that, and, and you, you get to see some of that stuff on the, whether it's clothing or whatever, you can see some of that stuff on, on that, on the progressive web war page. Yeah. Um, you know, people posting their pictures and of events or whatever, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just, it's just pretty amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's great. I'm, I'm
0: glad you're, you're seeing, what we're seeing i mean i think just about everybody i've talked to at events over the last 6 months 8 months or so that i've been doing this specifically everybody is seeing more young people getting involved more people kind of pushing the hobby and pushing the research and trying to make you know trying to be more accurate more representative oh, yeah. and yeah it's just it's so cool
1: <laughs> it's yeah and the, and the and the young people that i know are i mean they're making clothing uh you know, they're they're doing some really phenomenal stuff. And some you know, some of the sometimes they've they've learned that all at at well really by working at a historic site. Yeah. Um and sometimes, you know, they've they've been, they've learned it on their own or, or you know, they learned it from somebody else, uh, you know, who's 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 knowledgeable in, in whatever craft it is, you know, whether it's clothing or or something else. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's uh It's, it's, it's just, it's just really, for me, it's just really exciting. It really is. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think it's,
0: it's neat too, that it kind of lines up. We're coming up to the, the 250th. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, do you have anything planned coming up for that? Well, let's see. I'm,
1: I'm 63 years old. Okay. (laughs) So I can, I can actually, I can actually still pull off doing a continental soldier, but, uh, cause my hair hasn't turned white yet and oh, I'm still in pretty good shape. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky um, then. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not really planning myself on, on two, two fiftieth events. If I, if I can take part in some, that would be cool. Um, I know, I know a lot of friends that are, are they're, they're getting ready. Okay. They just did the two fiftieth, uh, for, uh, for the Boston massacre. Yeah. Um, which has turned it that, I mean, that, that event has turned into, into an amazing event. I've 50, I, I think I've seen some really, pictures uh, of the, of this,
0: the, the most recent one. Yeah. And yeah.
1: It's,
0: it just kind of gives, makes the, you know, it gives me goosebumps.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they, they've, they've, they, 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 they do some really awesome work. Um, and unfortunately I've, I've, I haven't been able to, to get up here to take part in it. i been trying but it just hasn't worked out yeah it's hard to get things uh, to
0: line up all the time yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: um so but that, yeah but that that was the first that was the first 250 event um that i that i that i know of that's been you know that's been actually been uh, been you know done as a living history event yeah so uh so we're 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 already there yeah i, I didn't <laughs> even think about it yeah i've kind of been in a bunker the past few weeks but yeah you're, you're right you're exactly right yeah we're already
0: in the thick of it now <laughs> well i usually try to shoot for about an hour both uh for our listeners and to not keep up too much of your time so i sure i really appreciate you coming on john i i want to give you a chance to um to plug the book a little bit um, if there's a, a preferred place where you'd like people to go to find out more about it, or, um, I don't know if you have a, on your blog, if you have it for purchase, or if you'd rather people go to like Amazon or a local bookstore or anything. Uh, um, you, I mean, you
1: can, you can go to Amazon, uh, or, or uh, in the U S, uh, uh, case publishing case made, Okay. Yeah. C- case publishing or the, or the U S, uh, um, the U S company that's handling it. Okay. And, uh, I mean, you could always Google my name, um, just John John U. Reese, and uh, you could fi- you could find the book. But you, you, you could also put John U- John Ureese uh, Revolutionary War. You might be able to find, or Continental Army. You might be able to find my articles online too. Okay, wonderful. Um,
0: I'll and, put uh, uh, for the podcast. We'll have some links in the show notes so that okay, anybody okay. listening, if you're interested in John's work, you can check out those links.
1: Because I I uh, I mean I write I write about you know food. Uh, women with the army um some 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 battle and campaign studies uh wagons and watercrafts i mean it's it's a it's pretty much anything that, that the continental soldier or the women with the army would have had to would have seen or, or work with so i i kind of do it from like the soldiers the soldier's view okay uh up um so I, there's there's a there's a lot there that i, I think might be of interest to and again it's except for the book, it's uh, the rest of the stuff is free. That's, that's (laughs) wonderful.
0: So how do you, how do you do that? How do you put everything out there for free for everybody to read?
1: Um, I mean, because, 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 because it's an obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's that's fair. I made, I made some, I made not a whole lot of money, but I made some money over the years. Um, you know, here and there, uh, by, like I did, I did entries for the, uh, uh, Oxford uh, History of, the, of uh, American Food. Okay. Um, I did entries for uh, um, it was a, a Encyclopedia of American Revolution, which was basically a, a revision of uh, of Boatner's or an update of Boatner's old yeah. uh, encyclopedia. The classic one. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've done, I've done articles for Buzz Magazine. Okay. Um, who pay Who pay You know, pay pretty well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've done presentations over the years where I've gotten paid. You know, things like that but it, that that wasn't the reason i mean i i have a paying job and i was just really curious about all kinds of different subjects that right. had to do with with the, with the military with the army at that during the time yeah um I and, don't. Uh, I you know. don't ask to,
0: to pry into your personal life. I just know there are a lot of people out there interested in this and wanting to k- get involved. And I think yeah. making a living and being able to feed yourself is kind of a high priority for people. So they always they're always interested in how all of this gets done. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> And how yeah. they can yeah. be a part yeah. of it. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a way to keep myself sane. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and again, the the, the the doing the living history just fed into they 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 fed into each other. Yeah. You know, you know, living history would help me kind of, kind of put these things out in the field and see how they worked. And then I would come up with questions or I, would I, I get some, some other questions and I, uh, or insights and I would want to follow them up on the, on the research side. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 it hasn't always been easy trying to, trying to juggle, you know, all that stuff with, with actually, you know, trying to, you know, keep a family life and, and work and all that stuff. But, uh, um, again, it was, it, it just turned into something like a, a bit of an obsession with me. And, uh, and then, you know, people would say, you know, a while somebody would say, you know, I read your article. I appreciate really appreciated it or I liked the information or, um, so then, and that, and that helped. Yeah. That <laughs> you helps keep you it going. Yeah. 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 So, and sometimes people would send me information. In fact, a lot of times people would send me information. Hmm. Um, so, uh, here, John, you yeah, do something you know. with this. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then even like, even with like research, we researchers, you know, friends that research, they, you know, they, again, they would send me information that I, they knew I was interested in and I would do the same for them. So, you know, um, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's just a, a great way to, a great way to work really is. And hope, hopefully I can, uh, when I finally retire, I can actually, you know, get some more, Get some more d- <laughs> work, get some more work done. Maybe maybe another another book or two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> so that's probably okay. a few years off then for anybody waiting for the next one.
1: Uh, yeah, well, actually, I, I actually have a I I actually have a subject that I'm probably going to write on. Oh, really? So it's going to it's going gonna, it's gonna to be women with the army. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and uh, and then the other one that they they actually asked me to do but that's going to take a while. Um, there's a there's a there's a book that was done in Britain. It's called with with zeal and bayonets. Actually, it was actually I think it's Oklahoma Press. That's right. Uh, it was, that it sounds was, kind with, of familiar. With, it's with zeal and bayonets by Matthew Spring, and it's actually about the British Army and how it operated in America, the the tactics they used, and um, because it's. Uh, they 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 operated a lot differently than most people think. I mean, they they used open files. They 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 the light infantry formed behind, you know, fought from behind trees and walls. You know, they took cover. Okay. Um. Yeah, that, that really the, breaks the, up
0: the notion that they just stood oh, yeah. out in the field. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the and the, the and the publisher actually actually asked me if I I'd, I'd be interested in doing a, a the same work from the from the side. Okay. Um. That's fascinating, man. So that's, that's that's going to be down the down the road. That's the, those are those are the. The this, the the closest book would be on women, and and then the one down the road would be the would, would be the other one on the, the, Continental Army and how it operated in the in you know in, in the field.
0: Well, thank you again, John. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll be in touch very soon on this. This was this okay. was a great episode. I'm gonna try to get it try to get it moving as fast as I can here. Okay, cool. It was good. great talking to you, Ethan. Great talking to you too, John. Thank you. Okay, you take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. As of recording, the state of Indiana has now shut down non-essential businesses. This means that At the NMLRA here, we're all working from home where possible. If you've not seen the notices on the website or our social media, if you're ordering anything as far as merchandise or targets right now, uh, we're not going to be able to ship those until early April when hopefully this shutdown from COVID-19 is lifted. If you're interested in joining, however, and getting Muzzle Blast Magazine, we're still going to be processing memberships as quickly as possible to keep up with uh, magazine distribution there. If you're not a member, you can sign up for our email list and you'll get three free digital copies of Muzzle Blast magazine. Just because things are a little bit on hold as far as in-person events and the office being closed, it doesn't mean that we're stopping or slowing down at all. I'm working on bringing some more podcasts and um, some more special videos from home as much as I can. I've got some muzzleloaders, uh, I've got some flint locks, some cap locks I'm gonna be getting out and trying to shoot some videos with. If you are needing to burn some powder or need something to shoot at, that, check out our downloadable targets at nmlra.org downloads. You don't need to shoot a muzzleloader, um, especially right now. I know a lot of guys don't have enough space to go shoot, you know, a 45 caliber flintlock right now, <laughs> but um, give them a try with your BB gun, with your air rifle. I personally love shooting them with my air rifle. I can just go out on the back porch and plink all, all evening, especially now that the weather's getting warmer. Keep an eye out on our social media. We're on Facebook Instagram, YouTube, and uh, our Twitter basically right now just auto-publishes our blog posts. But um, be sure to check out the blog as well for the new content that we're putting out. We're not slowing down necessarily because of the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, We can't go and travel to events, but we're doing everything we can to bring on more interesting podcast guests and do some Skype interviews as well to make sure that just because you might not necessarily be able to go out and camp uh, we can still try to bring some of the camp atmosphere and the learning that you do when you're out on an event trying to bring that right to you at the comfort of your own home. I'm right now in sweatpants. I love working from home. A quick shout out to our friend Jason at muzzleloader magazine if you need something to do or need something to read and you finished all your muzzle blast episodes, you've caught up on muzzle blast magazine and you need some more muzzle loading and living history in your life. Be sure to subscribe to muzzle loader magazine. That's muzzleloadermagazine.com. We'd also like to thank the guys over at the primitive pursuit podcast. Just a a personal shout out to those guys right now. During this COVID-19 outbreak where everybody is stuck at home, they're, releasing a lot of just they're sharing a lot of funny memes and funny posts so if even if you're not listening to their podcast be sure to follow the primitive pursuit podcast on instagram as well as chris and mike behind it they're bringing up some good goofs that are really good for those quarantine blues if you're listening to this In the future, all the COVID-19 talk probably doesn't make any sense. I'm shaking my fist at the kids these days for not understanding what it was like under quarantine. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to the Muzzle Blast podcast. We're... Available on just about every podcast platform. If you could rate us on iTunes, that would be wonderful. It helps boost us and get us in front of more people like you that are interested in this but don't necessarily know that we're out there. We also have the podcast hosted on uh, the NMLRA.org slash podcast as well as YouTube. So if you're on YouTube and you've got a smart TV and you just need something to listen to, queue up the podcast there. We'll have some images from the conversation, no nope, we won't because that's too much work. Everything we do at the NMLRA, the podcasts, the social media posts, the memes, the magazine, the events, it's all made possible because of the NMLRA members. We are an educational nonprofit and we can't do we can't do this without your support. So we just like to take a moment and thank the NMLRA members out there that are allowing us, we just like to thank the NMLR members out there for making it possible for us to keep this going, even with the COVID-19 outbreak. We're excited to be continuing the podcast and the video through this year. We've got a lot of great things lined up, a lot of neat guests coming for you. Um, so we, we hope that you, you stay along for the ride. Member or not, we're glad you're listening. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you.